Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anthony and Todd show. As always, I'm your host Vincent, and I am Trevor now, I guess. Just kidding. That was a little Christmas prank for you. I'm your host Trevor. I got you all with a little Christmas prank, and I'm actually Vincent. I know it was really dedicated to that bit. We're but... we're both in on that prank. You're joining us today for our best songs of 2021. Uh, we're doing things a little differently, and we came up with this idea to not rank our end-of-the-year list. We are going in alphabetical order for our for our favorite songs of 2021, except for our, our top 10, which are also in alphabetical order, but they are set apart from the rest of the songs. Our top 10 are in alphabetical order besides our favorite track. But it's still not ranked. It's still that ranked. It's just at the no, end. It's just... <laughs> It's just the grand finale, so to speak. So, without further ado, uh, here are our favorite tracks of 2021. Without further ado, the reviews. The list. The list. <laughs> the list you. Go for it. First up, we got 100 Gex in Lincoln Park with One Step Closer, the 100 Gex reanimation. I feel like one thing 100 Gex has always done right is align themselves with these most random artists possible and their latest alliances with Lincoln Park, which is effectively resurrecting their song One Step Closer from the Dead. The song is like a cyborg of sorts. It combines the harsh vocals and insane drumming and wailing guitars of Lincoln Park's original with Gex's signature chipmunk vocals and screaming and electronic sounds it's all around a pretty fun combo up next we've got aesop rocks long-legged larry before garbology with blockhead put out at the end of this year aesop rock released this single about a frog named long-legged larry and all the different situations where he saves the day kind of plays out like a cartoon the production is funky and top-notch while the lyrics are really comical all featuring a very fun chanted hook Next is Adele with My Little Love. Adele writes an intimate and heartbreaking ballad that feels like you're a fly on the wall in her life. The grandest and most revealing track on her latest album is probably my favorite song she's ever put out. Next, we got The Alchemist with Nobles featuring Earl Sweatshirt and Navy Blue. This song to me feels like a continuation of Earl's own song, El Toro Combo Meal, from his Feet of Clay EP from a couple of years ago. Uh, Earl and Navy Blue just rap over Alk's Dreamscape production, complete with this earworm sample and a child's vocal snippet. After that, we got Arm & Hammer and once again, The Alchemist with Stone Fruit. This song might serve as my new favorite Arm & Hammer song. Billy Woods and Elucid really go out on a limb here, more gently singing over this floaty, dreamy beat. Elucid takes a more direct lyrical approach to love, while Woods sings about being essentially cannibalized by his lover in this really off-the-wall but kind of romantic verse in a Viking sort of way. Both rappers step into relatively uncharted territory for them, but excel in all expectations, creating the perfect closer to harem. Next up is Backwash with I Lie Here Buried With My Rings and My Dresses, featuring Ada Rook. Backwash falls through on her metal influence from her last album, crafting a heavy, gross pit for her sorrow to ring out, highlighted by the itchy, demon-like vocals of Ada Rook. Next up, we got Bad Bad Not Goods, Beside April, 
This track is a seven-minute jam session based around an incredibly catchy and smooth string passage around which Bad Bad Not Good and Arthur Verakai's string ensemble build complex guitar passages and synth solos. In my opinion, this is the group's best song since 2016's Cashmere. Next, we got Benny Sings' Here It Comes. We've talked about this track already, but Benny offers this very sepia-filtered, nostalgic track with one of the catchiest melodies of the year, reminiscing on a once-romance. Now we've got Brent Fiaz with Gravity featuring Tyler, the creator. I haven't necessarily been super impressed with Brent Fiaz in the past, but his production perfectly complements Tyler's style and verse, inadvertently making this a pretty ideal transition from his past project Igor into the new one, Call Me If You Get Lost. We have Bruiser Wolf with Dope Game Stupid. We've talked at length about Bruiser Wolf and his sound already this year, so I'll leave it at this. Dope Game Stupid is my favorite take on the subgenre of coke rap, and Wolf is definitely a character to watch in the future. His infectious hook, wobbly beat, and hilarious one-liners will be stuck in your head for weeks. After that, we got Chai with Action. Chai provides a thick groove-centric synth-pop soundscape for the audience to get lost in. The thick, blocky, chunk synth chords with a catchy hook are definitely the highlights of this track. After that, we have Charlie XCX with New Shapes featuring Christine and the Queens and Caroline Polachek. Charlie channels the energy of her 2019 album and creates an enormous and unavoidable pop track in which each artist changes the momentum in the track into something completely new. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I'd like Charlie's New Direction after her Good Ones single, after seemingly leaving Hyperpop in the dust in favor of a new 80s glam queen direction, but this gargantuan hook and verses from Caroline and Christine cement this new Charlie era as exciting and a welcome change. Next, we got Cheek Face with Crying Back. One of the funniest hooks on this list was created from the least amount of energy possible, a track that fundamentally shows Cheek Face's formula. Hilarious diatribes, blunt sing-talking, and absolutely catchy and infectious performances from the group. Next, we got Cola Boy's Mailbox. Cola Boy's triumphant protest anthem bleeds color and energy as he sings about wanting to ditch his responsibilities and daydream. It's a perfect, breezy musical escape, matching Cola's energy and sentiment across the track. Now we've got Combo Chimbito with Memoria. After catching Combo Chimbito's Aomale album from a couple of years ago, the group seems to be leaning a little harder into the future part of their tropical futurism moniker. This track combines emotion-filled Spanish vocals with blocky artificial production before rounding out the track with lower vocals and a plucked guitar melody. Based on this track alone, Combo's new album in January is one of my most anticipated of the next year. Next, we got Corday with More Life featuring Q-Tip. Corday reflects on his success over breezy synths and Q-Tip on the hook will be stuck in your head for days. After that, we got Dark Time Sunshine, The Right Kids featuring Rap Ferreira and Homeboy Sandman. An indie hip-hop posse cut that resonates with nostalgia and the versatility of all three MCs. This ode to neurodivergence and being the weird kid brings out the best in Osborne, Rap Ferreira, and Sandman. Then we have Dark of the Super and Dean Freeman with First Date. First Day is one of the most cute and nerdy tracks of the year as Darko spits to his sweetheart over top Dean Freeman's underrated classic. First Date is one of my favorite Darko tracks. He takes this relatively slow burn original Dean Friedman track and hypes it up to incredible heights with a quicker speed and dominating drums. His lyrics are focused, the first verse about his actual first date ever, and the second verse is all about his first date with his current partner. His singing on this track is also a cut above what he usually does, just crooning like a carefree fool in love. It's cute, sweet, and nostalgic all the way through and reminds me of my own first date experience. 
Darker released so much music this year, it's hard to mention just one track, so here are some bonus mentions. Darker provides a mature yet surreal reflection on grief on the track Heavy Yoke, and has one of the most weird hip-hop outsider performances you'll hear all year on The Big City. The Big City! That's a road trip staple now. <laughs> Anytime we go anywhere, even if it's not a big city, you gotta <laughs> play that song. <laughs> Next, we got Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats with So Incredible, the Robert Glasper version featuring Smino. What, I don't know what PKG stands for. It's a file type. Yeah, well, what kind of file? Package file? Yeah, it's what UPS delivers you. That's very nice of them. <laughs> Shout out to the UPS. Thank you. <laughs> well, I already enjoyed the original So Incredible. The renewed production from Robert Glasper adds a more colorful backdrop for Denzel's fiery verse and hook and Smito's smooth guest appearance. It's almost like watching a mural be painted in fast motion with multiple different artists adding their own takes to the art in real time. After that, we got Deluxe with What's Life. Deluxe transitions from post-disco to new wave on the Talking Heads-inspired pop goldmine, What's Life. Next, we have DMX Hood Blues featuring Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine. Griselda comes through with one of their strongest and slickest performances as a group, being equally balanced out by the intense bite of DMX. Rest in peace. Then we have Doja Cat and SZA, Kiss Me More. If you're unaware of this song, you're living under a rock. I don't need to tell you much more than that. This doesn't need a description past saying it's the perfect summertime anthem. Then we have Donovan Days with Plastic Contour. Fuzzy psychedelic distortion that warms the soul. I made a music video for this song, which you should really check out. Saying that and putting this on the list might be a conflict of interest, but I really don't care. The song stands on its own merit to be here. Yeah, this song took a little while to grow on me, but I'm really glad that it did. The fuzzy guitars work their way into your mind, while Donovan's nonsense lyrics add to the fun of the track. His foray into psych rock ended up being a success, as evidenced by this closer. Next, we have Genesis Wusu, Drown, featuring Kieran J. Callanan. These two Aussies create a great indie rock rap hybrid, showcasing Kieran's serious talent for singing and some great fuzzy guitar work. Australia, I will forget your war crimes for a minute to listen to this track. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they lit themselves on fire last year. That was the war crime. Next up, we have George Clayton fucking up my life. George Clayton transports his vaporwave and hypnagogic pop stylings and places them into a more intense electronic setting. Equal parts bassy and hazy. This song sounds like something you'd hear on SSX Tricky. George Clayton trades in all of his lo-fi pop sensibilities for wailing guitars and harsh choruses to actually great results. Followed up by Gorilla's Meanwhile, featuring Jelani Blackman and Barrington Levy. Gorilla's Ode to Carnival continues on the featuring artist pop perfection of Song Machine Part 1. Then we got Homeboy Sandman, Lice Team Baby, featuring Aesop Rock. Healthy competition between two MCs to craft the most outlandish verse possible. Next we got uh, IDK's track Red, featuring Westside Gun, MF Doom, and J Electronica. I feel like with every single IDK project, there's this incredible, upbeat posse cut where all the members are firing on all cylinders. Last year was Porno with Pusha and Jid, and this year we have Westside Gone on an opulent opener, Doom on transitions, and JLEC with this weird conspiracy-like uh, outro-verse, all tied together by IDK's verses and singable choruses. There are so many twists and surprises at every corner of this track. Next, we have Jackie Hayes' OMG. OMG is an immensely catchy and singable while recounting painful memories. Chicago rocker Jackie Hayes has a lot more from where that came from as well. 
I'd be remiss not to mention the rest of her underrated EP, There's Always Going to Be Something, featuring other great tracks like Eye to Eye and Have Fun, both of which we really enjoyed over the course of the year. Next, we got Jeff Rosenstock with Scram, and to be honest with you, I really could have picked any song from Ska Dream, but I feel like Scram features probably the most changes from the original track. The melody lends itself so well to this upbeat and over-it ska anthem. It also adds this super nerdy spoken word pseudo-rap section as well, nodding to a kind of cheesy era in ska's history. This song just begs to be screamed at the top of your lungs, and I really, really want to see this live. (laughs) After that, we have Jenny Lewis and Serengeti with Vroom Vroom. The song proves we're in one of those weird multiverses where something impossible happens. Jenny and Serengeti work in tangent perfectly to craft a flat-delivered but funky-performed indie rock and indie hip-hop hit. Ouch. Continuing with Jesse Ware, please, this is the epitome of Jesse Ware's career up to date. Disco music with even more outstanding vocal grandness and heavier electronic production to thicken up the mix. Then we have JPEG Mafia with Hazard Duty Pay. Peggy is his most confident and cutthroat ever on top of this uplifting sample from the Winans. This track is Peggy's victory of lap while he steps on top of all other MC's graves. Next we have Juan Waters with Unity with Cola Boy. Juan experiments with a lot of different genres and collaborators on real life situations, but my favorite is probably his hip hop inspired collab with Cola Boy. The two artists exude the same energy and keep up incredible performances across the three to four switch ups across the track. From a fun storybook-like intro to a great rap section from Cola, catchy verse from Juan, and the upbeat, synth-heavy outro, this track keeps you engaged through and through. Then we have Kanye West with Hurricane featuring The Weeknd and Little Baby. The melody of this hook is one of the most infectious of the past decade. Regardless of which version of this track I've heard over the past few years, regardless of which version of the track I've heard over the past few years, the addition of Weeknd adds this perfect flair as well as the improved lyrics on the hook. Little Baby comes through with one of his most focused verses yet, and Kanye comes through with a verse he can only get away with as he delivers a ton of Next, we got uh, Caro Caro Bonito's track, Well Rested. As we talked about on our Civilization 2 EP review, Well Rested is a great disco-inspired track from KKB, complete with the return of Japanese vocals, upbeat artificial drums, and a nature-inspired message, all tied together in a nice bow at the end with the sound of a babbling brook and birds. Then we have Kevin Abstract with Sierra Knights featuring Ryan Beatty. An underrated, moody, autotune ballad from the consistently proven gay dream team of Kevin Abstract and Ryan Beatty. Sierra Knights delivers the type of creativity that I feel like Kevin Abstract has been missing on the past couple Brockhampton projects. While Roadrunner focuses primarily on Joba, Kevin now has his time in the spotlight with his neon-filled nighttime ride through busy California streets. This is the Kevin that we saw the potential for in the Saturation Trilogy, and I'm glad he's finally reached it. Next, we have The Lasso with 2121, featuring A. Billy Free, Rachel Eve, The Sack Squatch, and Jordan Hamilton, and the entire 98 LA Lakers. (laughs) The Lasso and Friends take us on a funky synth rock journey through outer space in this futuristic yet familiar track. The next track is Little B with Praying for Some Pussy. This this song's just too much fun. It should be illegal. That is all. Uh, I look up this song on Google, but you might want to use uh, an incognito tab in case something else pops up. <laughs> 
Then we have Little Ugly Mane with Benadryl Summering. Little Ugly Mane reinvents himself with this strange alternative track, delivering a blunt performance over top grungy guitars and ultra-bright, almost Christmas-like bells. A strange formula that works and was one of the reasons this reinvention of himself works so well. Then we have Limp Biscuit of all bands with dad vibes. Tracks like this are what got Limp Biscuit popular in the first place. A tongue-in-cheek, catchy, new metal single that's just stupid fun. Next we got Makami with the Stellar Ray Theory. This is one of Mach's most compelling performances so far, while also being one of his most out-of-the-ordinary tracks. While adding a hook, which is definitely not normal for him, Mach doesn't feel like he's compromised his own sound. The verses are also really pointed, delivering great verses reminiscing on his come-up and childhood, which again, aren't typical subjects for him. Next we got MF Grimm with Earl and Me. Grimm places himself in the character of the movie Cornbread Earl and Me, a movie about the murder of an innocent black teenager at the hands of police. He uses this strained, whiny voice to deliver the whole thing over killer production from Darko the Super. Whether you can understand Grimm or not, the track will leave an imprint on your mind that's hard to forget for one reason or another. Then we have Mid with We Found It featuring Picard. Cool and comforting, but yet hypnotic electronica highlighted by the relaxing hutched vocals of Picard. Then we have No Name with Rainforest. In case you forgot, No Name is one of the most intimate and empathetic MCs in the game. This track just continues to showcase that as she lightly waltzes over top bass and claps with only an elegance that she can bring to the table, while also being poignant and conscious without talking down to you. When you listen to her music, it feels like a conversation, an expression of views, not a manifesto being shouted at you. Not to name names, but maybe like someone who took the season off. Next we have Otis with Shotzi featuring Steph Shura. Otis and Steph Shirup team up for a track about some trash bag of a dude who knows he's terrible but won't change, placing Otis's country surroundings in more of an indie rock range, which I hope they follow up on in the future because it's a very big success on this track. Next we have Pajama Sam with Anita Part 1. In this surprising track from the Black Noise compilation tape put out this year, producer and rapper Pajama Sam takes a more plunderphonic approach to rapping. Anita Part 1 is a song all about choosing weed over alcohol, pulling samples from all over the place, from other rap songs to Simpsons episodes. Sam's keen ear for great production creates this bumping track allowing him to rap his own verses with the likes of legends like Biggie and Doom through sampling them. Seek out this one, you will not be disappointed. Next we got Pompoko with Danger Baby. Pompoko plays a lot with tempo on this track, slowing things down a little bit before getting into a super wavy and wet guitar hook. Both sections of the song are equally great, just a testament to the group's ability. Then we have Silk Sonic with Leave the Door Open. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac smoothly collide on the soul revival team up of the century. It's hard to say anything that hasn't already been said about this track. If you haven't heard it by now, you've been in serious isolation. Next we got Slow Tie with Maza featuring ASAP Rocky. Longtime admirer Slow Tie and Rocky team up on this track to create a super hype track about just going crazy. That's all there is to it. Then we have Spelling with Little Deer. Spelling takes the listener on a grandiose hike into the pop unknown, filled with completely natural and serene singer-songwriter mastery and instrumentation, a full-on three-course meal of a track with all the fixings. What are the fixings? Uh, the three L's. Oh. Breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> L- lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Then we have Steel Tip Dove with Dope Move featuring Fat Tony, Fielded, and Peak Sifu. Steel Tip Dove and crew crafts a sentimental ode to their home. As Fat Tony flatly talks to the audience about gentrification in his neighborhood, Pink Sifu seems completely dreamlike with this flow, and Fielded is the perfect reflective atmosphere in the background to play off glistening toy keys. 
Next we got Tame Impala with Breathe Deeper, the Lil Yachty remix. Took me a little digging to learn to love the original Breathe Deeper. Shout out to my buddy Coop. But the track definitely had its flaws. Luckily, Lil Yachty alleviates a lot of my original complaints, taking the place of Kevin Parker's repetitive verses. His almost deadpan verses and auto-tuned vocals take this track to the next level, turning it into more of an urban dance track than a disco tribute. This is kind of the left-field collaboration for both artists, but it ends up working way better than I had originally thought on paper. Next, we have TK Miza with Kim featuring Young Baby Tate, a track that's perfectly equal parts obnoxious, savage, and catchy in only a way TK Miza can deliver. Next, we have Tune Yards with Hold Yourself. Mel Garbus trades in this glitchy pop production of previous Tune Yards efforts for a smoother, balladish pop track. On the verses, Garbus sings about how no matter how good those who raised you were, they all made mistakes and there are things that you have to learn for yourself. It's kind of a great feel-good pandemic track about being okay with where you're at and the progress that you've made, no matter how insignificant it feels. Next, we have Tyler the Creator with What's Your Name featuring NBA Youngboy. Tyler, an unlikely featured artist NBA Youngboy, take on this track with great performances from both. Youngboy surprises and dazzles with his performance, leading me to believe that there might just be more to this artist than what I had previously thought. Just goes to show that any artist can provide a great show if given the right tools and guidance. Also, Youngboy better. Followed up by Viagra Boys, Girls and Boys, a manic trailer park trash party overflowing with Will and his saxophone and guitar topped with Sebastian Murphy's desperate forced oddity filled vocals. Next we have Vic Mensa with Shelter featuring Wycliffe Jean and Chance the Rapper. Here's what I like about this track. Possibly washed up rapper Vic Mensa combines relatively forgotten about legendary singer Wycliffe Jean and down on his luck Chance the Rapper and the track doesn't absolutely suck. <laughs> Wycliffe delivers this growly hook, probably the most consistent artist on here, while Vic and Chance just glide over the production. This is probably Chance's best verse since like 2016, and Vic finally gives us a track to remember when people ask you what your favorite Vic Mensa track is. It's one of the cuts off 93 punks. (laughs) Which one? All of them. They're so good. The whole album. (laughs) Next, we've got Weezer with All My Favorite Songs. After some disappointing tracks from Weezer and what I originally thought was a disappointing album premise for OK Human, All My Favorite Songs delivers on all fronts. Rivers comes through with a solid vocal performance, the hook is incredibly catchy, and the track is one of the best that they've put out in a while. Then we have Westside Gun, Smoked as a Wale, with the Hurt Business remix featuring MVP. A slimy hip-hop posse cut turned into pro-wrestling fan service with the addition of pro-wrestler MVP. Made even more impressive when you understand how strict WWE contracts are, MVP gets away with so much, not only teaming up with Westside Gun of all people, but somehow in there referencing Crispin Wall. His verse isn't the best, but it's the fan service that makes this track. However, his verse is 1000% better than the one The Rock dropped earlier this year, so you have to give him that. (laughs) Hey, he's not the only pro wrestler to release a song this year. <laughs> then we have Shushu with a real indication. Shushu kind of takes a creative dud, in my opinion, off the Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me soundtrack and turns into a booming but yet crusty experimental hellscape that does a better job at fitting the vibe of the movie. Also, this track is eight minutes long and half of it's just Jamie Stewart laughing and it's incredible. Uh, also, we have to throw a nod to their collaboration with Liars on the track Rumpus Room, which is worth it just to hear Jamie's pronunciation of coconut. 
My favorite part is at the end where he uh, drowns and goes. <laughs> That's actually really good. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, finally, before we get into our top ten, we've got Yorl Droog with Dropout Boogie featuring MF Doom. Uh, Yacht and Doom are both in peak condition here. Doom sounds spry and young, delivering double entendres and sharp rhymes like he was back in the early 2000s. Droog plays perfectly off this energy, wrapping his head off about school, of all things. The beat switch-up is perfect and makes me think that this track has a bit of a double feature. Both of these artists were definitely not phoning it in here. Go for it. Now, you've made it to our top ten favorite songs, but they're still in alphabetical order. Except for the end, which Actually, is Actually, this it? is our top nine favorite songs in alphabetical order. <laughs> and the, the our favorite song. Is in alphabetical order as well. Brockhampton. Buzzcut featuring Danny Brown. Brockhampton goes back to being saturated on this intense warp cut. Kevin Abstract is the most in-your-face yet, truly putting off this defiant persona that is matched weirdly enough by Danny Brown of all people, whose enigmatic appearance is equal to that of unlocking a bonus character in a video game. He's twisted and just oozes over the beat like it was made personally for just him. He leaves no space for any other member of Brockhampton on that side of the beat, so they have to heavily ascend above the clouds with Joba's light vocals and Marilyn's heavy ad-lib. Also, there's this beautiful sax that quietly lingers in the background that is truly the cherry on top this Sunday of a track. This track also has my favorite music video of the year with the 3D model Brockhampton and the Danny Brown monster. Also, the psychedelic visuals that make me just want to give up on ever creating anything ever again. Absolute incredible track and brilliant video. Buzzcut is the perfect biting track to reintroduce the boy band to the world. After taking a sweeter, more pop-centered stance with Ginger, Buzzcut put the group back into the rap world like they were on the Saturation Trilogy. Each member is in peak performance here with the energy carried on by Danny Brown, who brings back his wild persona after sobering up a little bit in the past couple of years. The sax playout and the final vocal performance at the end of this track is just icing on the cake, tying up everything in a nice bow. Baby Keem. Range Brothers with Kendrick Lamar. Next, we have Baby Keem with Range Brothers with Kendrick Lamar. Or you can throw Family Ties in the spot as well. It's like, pick your poison at this point. Pick your poison, more meme or less meme Both of these tracks highlight B.B. Keem's knack for coming up with mind-consuming melodies and flows, constantly transitioning beat that keeps you on their toes, and Kendrick comes through as a legend on both these cuts, helping out his cousin with a more grounded flow. Unless you're talking about the end of Range Brothers, that is just a giant meme that's completely addictive. With the top of the, with the top of the morning, 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 that's just completely tongue-in-cheek and works out really well with Baby Keem's gelatinous melodies. So essentially, Kendrick and Keem found a way to get away with 2021's version of Poopity Scoop, and it's actually incredible. <laughs> Both of these tracks are incredible displays of talent from young, hungry, up-and-comer Baby Keem and living legend Kendrick Lamar. While Family Ties is a little more straightforward, Range Brothers is full of twists and turns for both artists. Keem never sticks to an idea for too long, and you truly never know what's going to come next. Could it be a pretty normal, straightforward triplet verse, or could it be Baby Keem doing the most obnoxious baby voice you've ever heard? (laughs) 
Kendrick's viral hook took the internet by storm, and having him deliver two sharp verses across both of these tracks feels like a very Return of the King type moment. I love the chemistry these two have as well, one coming from mutual respect and pure fun. I especially enjoy the trade-offs in Range Brothers, where Kendrick chimes in after each Baby Keem line, and adds a bit of silliness and humor, as well as humanity to an otherwise pretty serious rapper. I hope these tracks signify a bigger Kendrick comeback, possibly in 2022, but for now, I'll take what I can get. Black Country, New Road. Chaos Space Marine. I thought Black Country New Road were done for the year, and they came out of Les Field with their best track to date. A thunderstorm of creativity and musicality, progressing their post-black midi and slint-inspired post-punk into a natural yet chaotic display of glam rock influence. The hook is very Bowie-inspired, and this track escalates like nothing else. Constant blaring saxophone and trickling keys transition you to another dimension, Isaac Woods frontly singing his most to date, completely rounding out the sucker punch that shattered any expectations I had for this band. Chaos Space Marine is like if BCNR showed you all their tricks over the past couple of years and then pulled out a completely new sound at the end. This lead single from their project slated for early next year showcases a more theatrical side to the band. The stylings of this track feel like the band is putting on some sort of musical about forbidden love or the plot of doom with more wretched style vocal passages and catchy guitar riffs before exploding into a David Bowie-esque triumphant chorus. From what we've seen, the band is continuing this exploration even more and I can't wait to see what they cook up. Black Midi. John 50. This track reigns somewhere in between the nightmare fuel of The Residence and Primus. Filled with strings and hard-hit keys that match the score of a slasher film. Surreal storytelling that rings out of the abyss that is the hellish soundscape Black Midi produced on this track. An intense fever dream that has to be experienced to be believed. John 50 is a scary track, but only if you're a billionaire. I must be a fucking billionaire. <laughs> this anti-ruling class anthem plays out like the end of that YouTube video, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, where the whole thing just goes nuts and breaks apart at the seams. Skittering drums, frantic sax, and guttural guitars drive this track through its six-minute Looney Tunes-like runtime. Of course, there's also Jordy Greep's nonchalant, deadpan vocals about this ruler, John 50, essentially getting torn limb from limb by the peasants of the town he's parading through. A very timely track for this year. Also, we saw Black Midi earlier this year, and the song sounds the exact same live, and I was very impressed. How? It was awesome. <laughs> it was, it was like, equally as chaotic. Like, even more chaotic, because they were playing in a room that was, like, 400 degrees, because apparently this venue doesn't know with AC or giant windows that are right next to the stage are. They did so, offer uh, free water, though. It was very Oh, nice. thank God. Also, uh, Jordy Greep is, like, Four feet tall. Jordy I think Greep I could looks take... like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could take him in a fight. <laughs> Knowing that, now he's gonna like fucking just decimate me. Like he's just gonna bite my ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> Murder me. Fat Boy Sharif and Roper Williams. Fly Pelican featuring YL. Fatboy and Roper spread their wings on this uplifting and dreamy track. Fatboy gelatinously takes center stage over beautiful, soulful hums, dismantling syllables while levitating over the audience. This surprisingly optimistic track from Fatboy and Roper is one of the best hidden gems of the year, and it's only a matter of time before it gets discovered by a wider audience. This was my most played song this year, according to Spotify, and for good reason. When it played on my Spotify rap, my girlfriend said, Yeah, you did play that song a lot. <laughs> 
This track is intoxicating with heavy bass lines and a soothing vocal sample from producer Roper Williams. Fatboy Sharif and YL's verses are fun and inventive, both of them just floating over the top of this beat. It's weird and a little unsettling, but also comforting at the same time. On another note, Fatboy, if you're listening, I need the clam chowder recipe. This song always makes me super hungry for it. Idols. The Beachland Ballroom. Idols asked the question of, can we make a soul track without changing our sound on the track Beachland Ballroom? And the answer is yes. This soulful and emotional ballad is somehow able to be heavy without throwing it off balance. Joe's perfectly screamed exclamation of heartbreak stands out as one of the best vocal performances of the year, truly allowing the audience to empathize with the misery the track expresses. One of the best tracks Idols have ever produced, if not the best track they produced. The Beachland Ballroom is emotional and grandiose from front to back. Idols don't really sacrifice any of their sound on this one, they just kind of re-channel it in a sense. Joe Talbot perfectly encapsulates the feelings of heartbreak with his screams into the void. I love just how unexpected this track is, and while it feels like it would be out of Idols' wheelhouse, they pull it off really well. James Blake, say what you will. This song feels like James Blake is sitting center stage under a spotlight in an empty venue, but performing his heart out over a skeletal instrumental. Builds to a momentous acceptance of oneself, but the road too is minimal production-wise. At times, James Blake's voice is the only thing present. His acapella singing is magnificent. It showcases the perfection of beautiful sadness that he's made a career off of. This is the actual peak of the track. While instrumentation builds up as time goes on, it's the emptiness in Blake's acceptance with it that makes the track whole. Finally, removing other people people's opinions from his head and going down his own road. Well, we've already talked about this track at great length, so I'll keep it brief. Say What You Will feels like James Blake is sitting in my living room giving a personal performance for only the people that could fit inside my living room. There's a sort of beautiful acceptance to James Blake's fears and apprehensions as an artist, even if they are kind of unbased. He shows off an incredible and vulnerable vocal range here as well, floating through this track with a sense of bittersweet okayness. Yeah, James Blake's fears may be unbased, but you know what isn't? The little B track. The devil. The little B track we talked about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the devil, apparently. Lil Nas X. Montero. Call me by your name. Little Nas X released shoes with human blood in them to promote this track, and people thought it was really controversial for some reason, and it helped getting the song to chart number one. I will take a page out of Little Nas's X book and release a box of cheese nips that contain human blood in them to promote layer effects. The cheese nips won't be flavored with blood or anything, there's just gonna be this random vile blood sitting in the middle of the bag. This will (laughs) truly help my music get out there. In all seriousness, Lil Nas X surpassed Old Town Road in popularity, and it's incredible, proving to be more than a one-hit wonder with this forbidden fruit of a track. Latin-influenced twang rings out over the Garden of Eden as Lil Nas X devilishly struts with unmatched confidence, the perfect hybrid of pop and hip-hop in a perfect way to reintroduce the world to Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X could have easily been a one-hit wonder, but instead he continued to push the boundaries in his own career and what is acceptable in the world of hip-hop as well as the greater music world as a whole. Montero features such killer hook and catchy verses that Lil Nas can perfectly be himself on. He's not making any sacrifices for fame, and he's getting there in the most him way possible. Of course, it would be silly of me to not mention the music video for this track, which has since cemented itself into the greater pop culture of America. Paul McCartney and Dominic Fike. Kiss of Venus. Paul McCartney is one of the greatest songwriters of all time, regardless of 
how overrated these things the Beatles are. His cutoff McCartney 3 was good, but it was missing much larger production, and it felt like at his age, McCartney couldn't deliver the vocal performance that this song needed. Enter Dominic Fight, whose reimagining of Kiss of Venus is the perfect rendition of this track. McCartney liked Twain with the youthful, slick performance of Fight, creates this perfect match of retro pop music with a modern day grandiose presentation. This is the best track Dominic Fike has ever put out. It's miles ahead of anything he's ever released. I hope he takes some energy from this and applies it to his own work in the future, because definitely he, he definitely has talent, but I think songwriting and production-wise, he's pretty lacking. Injury Reserve. Superman Hat. And finally, what's our favorite track of the year, Trevor? Injury Reserve. Superman That. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me, you. My favorite song of the year, Superman That, is an absolute mess of drums layer with effects until you can't recognize any time signature or continuity. It doesn't matter what drums or instrumentation lies beneath Richie's overproduced vocals because they are so catchy and hyperactive. I think they knew they could get away with the most impossible and glitchy drums imaginable because the vocals can stabilize any chaos, creating this perfect zen moment amidst disaster that I'll never get tired of. A futuristic track that could even progress past experimental hip-hop and for that matter, hyper pop to a new unmatched glitchy territory that will be the standard of experimental for years to come. Superman That is such a perfectly balanced track, but balanced in the way that an upside-down pyramid would be balanced. Anything could have thrown this off, from Parker's frantic drum loops, this crazy BCNR guitar sample, and Richie's wailing auto-tuned vocals, and yet everything works together in a perfect way. I wouldn't call it harmony, but it works. Richie feels completely unhinged, delivering a pretty simple hook twice, one time just singing, and then the next time we hear damn near screaming it. The philosophy put forth on this track perfectly describes how the group is feeling after the loss of one of their members and friends, Steppa J. Groggs, but also in some ways opens the door for other experimental hip-hop down the road. It really feels like a lose-something, gain-something situation. Yay! And that is... The best songs of 2021. That is our list, and I am tired, and Trevor is hungry, and... I'm very hungry. But if you want to follow the Anthony Todd Show on social media, I don't know why you would, but you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Anthony and Todd. You can find me on Twitter at the Vincent Short. You can find Trevor on Twitter at Alistair McCallis. I have an album out, Layer Effects, Songs to Inspire Creativity. I'm going to keep on promoting this album until I die, I guess. It's out right now on Tidal, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Make sure you listen to that right now. It's, a, it's an essential listen. Anthony Fantano gave it a 30 out of 10. I can't believe it. It was crazy. <laughs> the whole entire boy was hitting... The, all the boys in the street were hitting nay-nays. It was fucking weird. <laughs> um... <laughs> Why'd you put it like that? All the boys in the street? <laughs> what? I try to sound youthful. I'm not hip anymore. Okay. You're about to break a hip? <laughs> but until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boyos. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>